much for joining us. This is Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. I'm a clinical psychologist, leadership consultant, and a really big fan of you getting to fulfill your life purpose. I want you to get unstuck and unlock your potential relationally, emotionally, spiritually, and vocationally. Thanks for joining us and let's get started. Welcome to Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. And I am over the moon. I practically harassed Dr. E with multiple attempts to try to get a hold of her so she could be our phenomenal guest on leadership, business, unlock your transitions, unlock your uh, influence, your prosperity, and enlarge your tent pegs to be able to have the greatest kingdom impact I am over the moon to be with this dear friend, and we were just talking about vacations, and now I feel very positive about the world. (laughs) It's funny how just changing perspective uh, can really help us have the right attitude and mood and how many times we get stuck in a rut. So Dr. E, can you share, because uh, I don't want to slaughter it, all the amazing <laughs> things you're doing. You have a foundation for leaders? Yes, I um, actually have Purpose Positioning Institute, and it's where I help people get positioned to prosper in their purpose, uh, get into alignment with their kingdom assignment. And so now I'm expanding that into a leadership curriculum um, because I am just called to help today's leaders uh, really uh, increase their presence, their platform, their performance, and even their profit um, Mm -hmm. with proven wealth strategies um, for what I believe is sustainable progression. I think uh, a lot of times we have false starts and, uh, you know, we, we start off really well. And then we just kind of fall off like, what happened? Well, you know, sometimes without a strategy, it'll end in tragedy. So um, that's what I'm just really passionate about doing. Are you also like really gifted at alliteration and poetry? Absolutely. (laughs) They call me the queen of alliteration. (laughs) It's a natural nuance. (laughs) So yeah, I actually with my speaking. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we spoke for the same conference and I immediately was like, uh, gotta be friends with her. She's adorable, sweet, (laughs) cute, trendy, the cutest style and like the most powerful force. People were like crazy impacted when you spoke. Um, And it's just, it's really neat to follow your calling and the influence you have and the amount of diligence you put into building up others as leaders. And so I would love for our people today to get to navigate with you. What are some keys that you think keep people bound in the humdrum of the day and not really wanting to take that next step into transition to have the courage? And we've had so many pivots in the last 2020, 21. This has been like the season of pivots. So what would you say to somebody who is really struggling with that valley of decision about transition? It's so good. Um, One of the things that I I like to do um, from a place of deliverance, but from a place of uh, internal inventory, I always say three stages uh, of awareness is we do internal inventory, what's happening in us. Um, Then we do an external evaluation, what's happening around us. And then we do an atmosphere assessment, what's happening over us. Mm. And so as we begin to do that internal investigation, I always say that one of the reasons why we're not confident uh, about seasons of transition, because the first thing we have to understand 
understand is that um, transitions are normal. They are supposed to happen. We are supposed to anticipate and embrace them. Um, I put up a post a couple of weeks ago that uh, we have to sometimes let go of who we were in order to embrace who we've become or who we are becoming. And and sometimes we have a really hard time uh, letting go of making peace with our past and saying, my past is past. I give myself permission to transition. Uh, We would think that that's something that we would just launch into doing. I want to change, but I always say we cultivate this culprit called complacency um, and, and, and we have this facade of familiarity when the truth of the matter is we are not who we were. Um, but I think it's like mainly four key things that I think that keeps us in a place of really not embracing our transition. Um, and number one, and you can tell me how you feel about it, but I think yeah. number one is the fear of criticism. I think um, we are very afraid. Um, I I did an episode a couple of weeks ago called um, um, the Viper Validation. And and it was talking about validation being a viper, a snake that sneaks up on you. And Mm -hmm. it it gives venom to you. And now all of a sudden you feel as though I'm not enough. I've never been enough. I'll never be enough. And so I'm just going to go around and look for people uh, to validate something that they may not even be aware of. And, um, And I think that fear of criticism keeps us um, in a place of stagnation. Um, And then I think secondly, it's that fear of rejection. You know, nobody wants to feel as though nobody wants them. I don't want to hear what you have to say. I don't want to see anything you're doing. And so, you know, go away. It's a no for me. And we have that fear. And then I think it's fear of exploitation. If we're honest, we're Mm. fearful of being taken advantage of. Um, We are fear that somebody will take our kindness for weakness. And we, Mm. we fear that people will uh, walk all over us. They they see us kind of changing. And maybe if we're not sure, we're thinking they're going to take advantage of me. And then I think last, probably fear of loneliness um, because wow. rejection leads to us feeling uh, it, like we're in a place of isolation. And so mm-hmm. let me stay familiar with people because then they'll stay with me and they won't leave. And so um, I actually believe that those are, you know, some, and, and then not all, but some of the main sure. reasons that I've been seeing as a coach that continues Absolutely. to show up. Absolutely. And what are some things that would help somebody even recognize if those are the stumbling blocks? Because many times we don't have a label that says, I'm not transitioning because I'm afraid of criticism and rejection and loneliness. It's more, oh, I'll get to that later. Or, oh, I need to do the laundry. Or, you know, I have security and uh, health insurance where I'm at. So I might as well not transition. Or at least I have a house over my head, even if he is abusive or whatever the dynamic that he caused people not to transition. What do you think can be some litmus test to help us recognize where maybe we are kind of pulling back and not transitioning? That's very good. Um, I think a lot of it is found in um, what I call two sisters. Um, And if they're not sisters, they're cousins. Um, And one of them is uh, called a procrastination. Uh, And it's when we continue to put off something uh, and we continue to make excuses about doing something. A lot of the times I think we operate in a place where we're not result oriented and Mm -hmm. we're always talking. Uh, You know, there's an old song that's like, stop, don't talk about it, be about it. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, I'd rather talk about it because it sounds good. It's, it's yeah. flesh satisfactory. Um, yeah. And it allows me to still carry a facade uh, as though I'm going to finish. But when the reality is I'm seeing myself through a filter of fear, I'm seeing myself through a filter of failure. Um, mm-hmm. I'm seeing myself through really a filter of filth. And I don't feel as though I'm qualified to move forward. And so sometimes it'll yeah. show up as procrastination. Um, a lot of people don't really talk to us about procrastination being a lack of self-discipline. And I think that a lot of the times um, we can blame it on the rain, the sunshine, the moon, the birds, you know, there's, there's a, a scripture that outside. says, if you, 
Absolutely. Anything. There's a scripture that says, if you're always worried about the weather and you never plant the seeds, you'll never get a harvest. And so I think what we like to do is we like to procrastinate and allow things to just work themselves out. Um, I like to say you can't wing it and win. And so a lot of the times we'll just say, you know, whichever way the wind blows, if it's going to happen, it's just going to happen. Uh, I oftentimes tell people that um, we want the Lord to open up the windows of heaven, but we won't open the door of discipline. And uh, and I think you need to say that again. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I always tell my, my, my followers, ouch and amen, I'll take them both. Um, but we do, we want the Lord to open up a window yep. of heaven and pour us out a blessing that we won't have room to receive. And he's saying, sure, if I can get you to open the door of discipline. Mm. Um, and a lot of the times we don't execute deliberate discipline, very intentional awareness yeah. about what it is that we're doing, why we're doing it or why we're not doing it. And so we fall prey to procrastination. And what we'll do is when things don't work, we'll pacify the procrastination by saying, well, that wasn't meant for me anyway. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was. You just missed your opportunity. You weren't opportunity ready. And then I think that sister or cousin of procrastination is um, what I believe is really perfectionism, which we know is unhealed trauma, or as I like to call it, polished procrastination. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because that's what perfectionism is. It's polished procrastination. Mm -hmm. You're procrastinating. It just sounds and looks a little better. You just get to say, no, I'm just getting everything together. It's still polished procrastination. Um, And I think when we start noticing that we are getting into what I call a cycle of inertia, where there's motion, but no Mm -hmm. movement, Mm -hmm. we're going through the motions of breathing, of living, of existing, but we're not moving forward. We don't have a destination. Um, We don't have a statement of intentionality about what we're trying to do. And we don't have a why. I think those are things that will uh, allow us to be aware that we may be settling. Hmm. Wow. And what do you think might be tantalizing at an unconscious level for settling? What draws us? We all don't want to settle. Like there's a meme for everything. And definitely settling is one of those that's like nobody wants to settle. But yet we all kind of gravitate toward that familiar and just what's comfortable and easy. What do you think is so tantalizing about it? Oh, I'll tell you. So this is an example I love to use. Um, you know, I'm a literation person, but I also like practical protocol for purpose and progression. Right. Oh uh, and so <laughs> you got to say it again. <laughs> practical protocol for purpose and progression. So I really like to give people um, really things that are practical that you can actually see so that you can see yourself in what's happening. And so I, I like to use something. I have this thing that I call lobby linguistics because I think that's one of the things that keep us familiar. So lobby linguistics is when you have a sound of settling. You don't recognize it, but it sounds like, oh, I'm fine right here. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't need all of that. That's not for me. You know, maybe at some point I'll get to that. That's lobby linguistics. I call it lower level language. And so what happens is when I think about lobby linguistics, I actually think about a hotel lobby. And I think about the fact that when we come into a hotel, lobbies are supposed to lure us in, right? Mm -hmm. What they spend the most amount of time and effort is they make the aesthetics good in the lobby Mm -hmm. only because they need to bring you in. But I think what happens is a lot of the times we don't understand we're not supposed to live or linger in the lobby. Um, The lobby is not supposed to be a place 
place where we lie down in the lobby. Lobbies are supposed to be what I believe are three things because the whole point of a lobby is to get us on the elevator. I want yeah. penthouse perspective. And as long as I'm living in the lobby, I'll never elevate. I'll never get into the evolution of elevation. So I believe that lobbies are supposed to, number one, be transitional. They're supposed to take us from where we were to where we are at the yeah. moment. Um, yeah. We come, we drive to a hotel and get out of our car. So it causes us to get out of one place and stand in another place. And so giving ourselves permission to transition means that the lobby is just to draw me from where I was. But secondly, lobbies are supposed to be transactional. Um, we go to the front desk and they're going to ask us for something, our ID. They're going to ask us for a form of payment. They're going to ask us for our confirmation number. And a lot of times we don't want to be confronted with having to identify ourselves. We don't want to be confronted with having to say, who am I really? And do I have a right to be here? Wow. Confirmation number means I've done what I needed to do to, su to submit my place here. And then we don't want the exchange because we've got to give them some money. And a lot of the times we don't want to put the effort forward. We don't want to produce. We don't want to be yeah. result oriented. We don't want to show forth the fruit because that's what God is looking for. And then last but not least, the lobby is supposed to be transformational. Once you come through the lobby, you are now not a visitor. You are now a guest. And so mm -hmm. I think what happens is in life, we adopt that complacency and we want to visit. A lot of us are visiting our lives. We're, we're just in a place where, oh, joy doesn't really belong to me. Prosperity doesn't really belong. I'm just a visitor here. But the lobby situation, that whole lobby place is supposed to be transformational. And now you're not a visitor. You're a guest. This You can ask now. You have access. When you're a guest in the hotel, you have access. You can call and say, I need food up here. You can call and say, I need my room cleaned. You have access. But I think when we begin to linger in the lobby, when we're lured um, in the lobby because it's comfortable, because it's convenient, they make sure that there's restaurants and bathrooms and nice music in the lobby. Um, I think that's what gets us and that's what lulls us into that place, that comfort of complacency. Yeah. And don't you think there's a lot of people who are also just waiting for permission, waiting for someone to tap Absolutely. them on the shoulder and say, okay, now you can get in the elevator. And instead of just taking the authority we've already been given, and you mentioned before about a lot of false self starts. And so then we just camp out in the lobby and we don't yes. make that next effort. Yes. Can you speak oh, to that, that is a so bit? good. Yeah. I, I think a lot of the times I always say, why do we wait for validation when we've been given authority? Mm. And, um, and I think that's a lot of the things that we do. We don't understand that even when God was telling Jeremiah, I knew you before I grew you. That's, that's my own adaptation of it. Right. Uh, and, and that's what he was basically saying. Um, I knew you first, and then I began to mature and grow you into the person I saw from the beginning. Yeah. And so a lot of the times we are afraid of that transitional place because we say, but I don't look like who he's called me to be. I don't look like what I feel like I should be, but the Bible says it does not yet appear what we shall be. But the, the, the transformation is in knowing I shall be like him. And so whether my eyes can see it, my eyes are not seeing it because God needs us to fortify our faith. Sometimes we have to Febreze our faith a little bit. It's gotten contaminated because uh, we've allowed fear and doubt and insecurity. We have to disinfect our destiny. We have to turn out, take those cleaning supplies out, right? And start cleaning some things and say, wait a minute, I don't want to see through a filter of fear anymore. I really want to see myself higher. And so I think that happens. I think a lot of the times when we are waiting to be validated, it's because we've forgotten how to look at ourselves. And so I say a lot of the times to my clients, see yourself higher, see mm -hmm. yourself higher. Yeah. Yeah.
And I just want to speak to anybody who has a lot of willpower and has a lot of drive, and maybe you've gone through some disappointments and some false starts. And how do you think we can tell the difference between a false start because maybe it's just not the timing and there is a Kairos timing of the Lord, and then maybe there's a self-sabotage or a fear or just kind of backing down instead of using an obstacle as a platform that in that transition moment, it's hard to discern, Lord, is this you saying, maybe this is a closed door? or it's a not right now, or, hey, lean in and press into the battle and take territory. That's so good. Um, of course, I have some saying for it. I, I'm full of sayings. And <laughs> I find you so um, delightful. <laughs> thank you. Um, so I always say something very simple. Trace the tree to remove the root. And um, a lot of the times um, I was teaching the other night um, um, about is my heart under attack? Mm -hmm. And so I was actually realistically using heart attack symptoms and heart conditions. And um, one of the heart conditions is infection. And um, what I always say is every infection has an origin. Um, and so every time we're infected with guilt, uh, because there, I, I had a segment called the guilt gateway. Sometimes we don't move forward. Mm -hmm. uh, if we trace the tree, we'll notice, is this me thinking God doesn't want me to have it? Or do I feel guilty because I have something somebody else has not yet achieved? I'm doing mm -hmm. better than people that yeah. started with me. I don't want to show forth. And I tell people all of the time, um, you don't honor the blesser by hiding your blessing. Mm -hmm. And so um, when we trace the tree, we'll say, well, wait a minute, wait, the, the origin of this infection is of guilt. This is what it, it's guilt. It had nothing to do with my blessing, nothing to do with it. What is it? Or it maybe the infection is fear. And so every infection has an origin. When did I become fearful? When did I become afraid to show who I was? You know, was this childhood uh, trauma that's now showing up? But, but where was that fear factor? You know, what is it? Is it a lack of confidence? Sometimes it's because I feel ill-equipped. And so when I identify the infection, what got in that makes me not because if I'm not qualified, if I'm not um, prepared, properly prepared or properly positioned to prosper in my purpose, sometimes the Lord will say, hold on, I need to make sure that you get what you need. I need to make sure that you seek out more resources. Sometimes he'll let it fall apart to fall together. Um, sometimes it is the absence of things happening easy that make us say, I'm so glad that didn't happen. Yeah. Because if it had, when that came up, I would not have gotten myself together. And so yeah. instead of looking for it and letting it be a pitfall, I put a praise on it and say, thank mm -hmm. you for not allowing me to go that far that fast um, because yeah. I wasn't prepared properly. And so I think if you begin to, you know, really do that internal inventory and really trace the tree, um, you'll be able to say, what's the root of, of my feelings? Um, because a lot of the times, you know, we want to blame everything on the enemy, right? But yeah. if I'm honest and if we're honest, I always like sure. to say it like this everything ain't the devil and um some things are because i lack discipline some things are because it you know i was positioned poorly some things were um because it was not timing it was the hand of the lord protecting me or shielding me or saying wait yeah. there's something better later um and so i think when we take the time and, and are still and really look to see uh what emotions accompany these thought patterns and am, am i being anxious because we know the word says be anxious for nothing so if i'm anxious then that's an infection right uh, mm -hmm. and so so uh, if I'm fearful, we know that God didn't give us a spirit of fear and I always teach that there is a difference between the emotion of fear and the spirit of fear. The yeah. emotion of fear is an assistant. It comes to make sure that you're aware of possibilities, but the spirit of fear is an assassin. It comes to to kill uh, your ability to move forward. And so I think if we trace the tree, um, we'll be able to at least reveal the root. Mm, that's good. 
And so as a psychologist, I would add the part of there's a part of you that's dedicated to maintaining what's familiar and what's safe because there's automaticity to that and there's safeguards that I know I'm one not going to be rejected. I know I'm not going to be alone. I know that I'm not going to have some bad outcome, the unknown. Um, And so there's parts of you that are dedicated to that. And part of having a false start could also be the blessing, to your point, that the Lord may be highlighting to you what comes up. You know, we are put in the fire of circumstance to bring up the dross of unconscious issues and knee-jerk reactions. You know, when you're on the beach, as I'm fantasizing about vacation right now, uh, (laughs) when you're on the beach and, you know, you've got your little person bringing you lunch and everything is chill, you're not triggered. You don't know what's down there. And the goodness of God is he knows what's down there. He loves you. Uh, But he knows if those things are not dealt with, those will become stumbling blocks and they're like a bullseye to the enemy. So while we could disparage and say, well, God never opens doors for me. He does it for her and not for me or for him and not for me. And we can complain and become bitter and resentful. Or I can say, thank you for allowing me through this trial, even a false start where things fell apart. I got disappointed. I'm crushed. I thought you said walk forward and it didn't work out. In that moment, I can say, thank you for showing me what knee jerk reaction comes up. And I could say even from my own life, many of you know my story that I was prophesied over in 2012 after speaking to this huge women's conference. It was incredibly a powerful anointed experience. And I felt the healthy fear of the Lord of like, God, don't promote me until I'm ready. Like intuitively, I just know I have a lot of issues and you have a lot of work to do. And the timing of man was, hey, girl, jump on social media, do these things, hire these people, make this happen. And there is time to do that. And I am in that season where I'm like, okay, let's do it. You know, let's run. Let's hire people. Let's be a part of this adventure with God. But I do believe that there's a seasoning that happens, that God's marinating you in his presence. And at the beginning, when I would get disappointed and things wouldn't work out, I mean, it would crush me. And I would have to work through all kinds of like fear, doubt, judgments, unbelief, self-reproach. Like, am I even called? You know, I'd have to work through all this narrative that was so noisy because there were parts of my soul or root systems that were dedicated to keeping me in the familiar. And when things didn't work out, I was expecting my circumstances to confirm God's path instead of trusting him that irrespective of the circumstance, irrespective of the feeling, do I feel anointed? Do I feel? like God has a call in my life, then that's where we are matured into saying, you know, right now I've had a lot of setbacks, even in the beginning of this podcast. And I can honestly tell you, you know, knock on wood, I have so much grace (laughs) and so much peace. And it's like, yeah, okay. I'm not putting my anointing, my call, everything that I've worked toward on my circumstances or my feelings as much as I used to. (laughs) I don't know that I'm perfect at it by any means, but I can definitely feel the quality of life is so much sweeter in the timing of God. And that doesn't mean there's not obstacles. It doesn't mean I'm not going to have moments that I'm like, whoa, am I called to do this? Am I capable? Do I have what it takes? Are people even going to want to listen? You know, you're going to have that. But in that moment, you now have the litmus test of going through the fire, him purging things, cleansing things, and you're fortifying what remains is built on the rock of 
Christ Jesus. So you're anchored into him and his righteousness, his faithfulness, his voice that when he called you, he is faithful to complete that which he began instead of you having to promote and make it happen and then maintain it. And I just had the sweetest uh, moment with the Lord yesterday. I was in therapy. I had a Uh, about 10 hours straight with no breaks. So I just saw patient after patient for 10 hours. I got out of the office at 1030 at night. And suffice to say, I'm a little sleepy today. Um, But (laughs) during that time, I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, Shannon, I've created a seat at the table of of cultural influence for you. And no one can take that. When I create that seat, you don't have to be jealous or possessive or worry that someone else is going to come in and take your spot. They have their own seat. And you have your own seat. Your name is written on it. I'm guarding it, protecting it, saving it for you. And I just felt this like, I didn't know that that was a question, but it was almost like preventatively, he was trying to protect me from striving and trying to maintain things. And I'm in a season of transition right now. So when you brought up the topic, I'm like, yeah, girl, raise my hand. Like, that's where I'm at. (laughs) You know, I can stay in like the humble little beginning and sweet little Shannon, or I can say yes to the Lord and step up into this season. As many of our listeners are at right now, that crossroads, that decision place, or you're stepping into it. And now there's some buffering and there's some stuff going on that's not as you would wish. And so what would you say, Dr. E, to somebody who's now stepping into it? They're saying yes, they feel the timing of the Lord is now, and now they need to stand and keep going. What would you say may help fortify them to stay the course? That's so good. Um, First of all, I would always say uh, to all of us is, um, you know, uh, I, I always lately I've been noticing that when we get uh, when, and you know this, when when we allow our emotionality to get turned up really, really loud, mm-hmm. um, our body gets very responsive mm-hmm. um, and we get very irresponsible um, mm-hmm. because that's what happens when we, you know, and, we, and you know, we understand this from a psychological point. Um, our, our actual physical body does not understand the difference between excitement and fear. Yeah. All our body knows is I'm getting signals that your eye, your pupils are dilating, you're sweating, mm-hmm. your heart is palpitating, mm-hmm. you're you know, uh, your muscles are tightening. We don't know if you are extremely excited or extremely tired or fearful about something, which is why, you know, we have to be careful about butterflies in our stomach and, you know, because it, yeah. it just, it could be gas. We just, we don't know. We're not sure. And until we discern the difference and discern the distinction, we're not, we're not going to be sure. So yeah. I think what happens for us, and because that's, that what's ha- that's, I feel that's what happens a lot of the times when there are false starts or when we're getting ready to transition, we start to lean to our own understanding um, instead of trusting the Lord with all of our heart. And I think one of the things that I've been leaning to lately, uh, I did a a clubhouse last night with uh, my spiritual father, Apostle John Eckhart. And when I was talking about heart issues and and I was talking about matters of the heart, um, I think one of the things that happens with us is when we have, there's never a disappointment without an expectation, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But a lot of the times they can be unrealistic and sometimes they are not, uh, they're actually not running um, consistently with what God wants for us. I think one of the things that I teach people to do is honor your emotions, but arrest your actions because mm-hmm. your feelings can make you act like a fool, right? Mm-hmm. This is, this, this is just the way I see it. Yeah. So, um, 
I honor that I'm changing, but I arrest my um, instinct to just hurry up and change quicker or, or, or hide from the change. Um, I honor the fact that I'm not who I was, but I also arrest my action to try to prove the new me to everybody else. Yeah. I honor the fact that, um, that my preferences have changed, that my appetite has shifted, um, but I arrest my action from thinking that um, I'm a fraud. Um, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm a fake. I'm not who I was. Or what does this say about the root of, of who I was supposed to be? So I honor my emotions, but I arrest my actions. I honor the fact that this seems overwhelming and overbearing, but I arrest the action of procrastinating because just because it frightens me doesn't mean I have to just quit and stop and, and, and be a deer in headlights. And so I honor the fact that people may not, it, I may, the new me might not sit well with people, but I arrest myself from becoming a people pleaser because I want them to like me in my new season so we honor our emotions but we arrest our actions whoo that's good because those knee-jerk reactions they will come out of us and they can be so unflattering you know we can become possessive or controlling or dictator or avoidant and just trying Mm -hmm. to get other people to make decisions for us and we try to kind of abdicate instead of mm-hmm. taking the responsible role of leadership. Um, Absolutely. So gosh, my mind is so full with questions. <laughs> if somebody's in that season and they're right now finding themselves having these knee-jerk reactions and they know where they're going, but they can't overcome those knee-jerk reactions, what would you say to them? That's really good. Um, I always say to people that um, we what we have to do is we have to be aware of our proclivities, right? That's that's that part. That's that internal investigation that we have to do. A lot of us um, have a preference towards certain things. A lot of us we normally lean towards a certain type of thing. We we have to be able to know what that thing is. Um, I think being aware of our triggers, understanding what triggers us, uh, will help us. Uh, you know, know. Wait a minute. This is me being crazy. Wait a minute. I do this every time something good starts happening. Wait a minute. Every time I get annoyed, this is what I do. So really being aware of our tendencies. I have a tendency to shut down Mm -hmm. when things get overwhelming, or I have a tendency, you know, to procrastinate when something is beyond my scope of knowledge, or I have a tendency to get very jealous and very competitive when I feel like I'm entitled to a position. And so, you know, really having those um, um, authentic moments with ourselves. I think a lot of the times, um, especially in leadership, if I can be honest, uh, some of our problem is projecting perfection. And um, I think when we project perfection now, um, we have the job of not being who we are, but being who we've told people we are. Mm. And so now we've set this unrealistic expectation of ourselves for other people who only know the us that we've shown to them. But because we've projected this perfection, now we feel embattled because I'm having a bad day, but I can't tell people that I'm the type of person who thinks, why not? Um, One Mm. of my catchphrases (laughs) is that truth plus transparency equals transformation, right? Mm. The truth is what you know happens. Transparency is what you will reveal. But I believe transformation happens as a result of marrying them together. And so I think when we allow ourselves um, to embrace our authenticity and say, hey, you know, like you said earlier, I'm kind of sleepy, you know, or I had a moment where I didn't realize I was going to, I might start feeling territory. I may, Mm -hmm. you know, it could happen. Mm -hmm. I think we give people, right, we give people um, um, the affirmation that they need. You know, when I was dealing with the validation 
Viper. I was very intentional about helping people understand that there's a difference between affirmation and validation, right? Um, for you to validate me means that you have to assert my value. You have to tell me if I'm worth anything. For you to affirm me says, wow, you are who you say you are. And I am in agreement with what you've shown forward. And so I think we jump right past affirmation. I don't know who I am. I'm going to skip that. You tell me. So if you tell me this is not good, it's not. You can mm -hmm. tell me it's not good. And I can say, thank you. That's your preference. But I know people who actually love it. So I'm going to keep going, you know? And so it's really, um, a matter of um, us really allowing ourselves and giving ourselves permission not to just transition, but to um, be aware of our proclivities, to yeah. really be aware of our triggers um, and yeah. to really bring those things to God. He already knows. He's already told us, listen, keep your mm -hmm. heart with all diligence because guess what is in your heart? Issue. There is the only mm -hmm. thing he's saying. And so I think it's yeah. funny because a lot of people say, well, God knows my heart. And I'm sitting there saying, and that's why he keeps warning you, the heart is inherently wicked. Who can know it? Uh, and so, you know, that's not an excuse to act yes. how we want to act. That's not an excuse. Yeah. That's not a barrier. He was saying to us, mm -hmm. keep your heart. And that's why David had to say, create in me a clean heart, because he already understood that the things that are lurking in my heart, uh, they're not holy. The things that are, work, are lurking in my heart are going to hold me hostage. And so I always say, find out what you're holding hostage in your heart, uh, because good. I think that's a, a, an important factor. Yeah. And I would say times of transition, kind of beating a dead horse here, is the time where you find it out. Again, yes. you're not going to find it out when you're in the normal and the familiar. That's one of the reasons it's so enticing to just stay with what's familiar, what's safe. Yes. You have the guaranteed paycheck. You have the guaranteed person that's going to take you on a date. You have the guaranteed thing, but it may not be the God thing. It may not be what God's calling you into. So if that person won't marry you and you just continue to hang on to a relationship for hundred million years um, and, and there's just no peace, I'm not saying if you're married, we're asked totally different conversations. Conversation. But I'm saying I've seen a lot of people not willing to transition, even in relationships that are just not going anywhere. You drive each other crazy. You're off and on. You're with each other. You're not with each other. That would be a very common place where we go back to what's familiar because it's safe. And then it helps me not be triggered. But the issue is, are you willing to stay where it's quote unquote safe, but it's a form of captivity or it's a lobby yes. and it's not getting you to the elevation of where God has created you to live. And in that place of safety, what you're trading is alive and purpose and legacy and living for something that's larger than yourself. Yes. So we just want to yes. speak blessing over you. If you're in a time of decision, if you feel like God's calling you to step out into starting a business or an MLM or starting a brand of some sort or doing something, a, a job change or a relationship change or a geographical change, whatever is happening in your life, we pray that you have courage placed inside of you like a super not natural deposit that just fortifies you on the inside to say, I have one short little life. And what do I want to leave as a legacy? Do I want to just stay in the familiar where it's safe, the shallow end? Or do I want to dive into the deep and trust the Lord himself will catch me? Because we'll have moments where we feel like we're going to fall and we're going to freak out and not know what we're doing. And apparently he loves that because in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. 
And so when you're launching out into the deep, it's unfamiliar. It's a time of transition. Things will surface. It'll feel like a storm many times. And for a lot of my clients, their circumstances aren't as actually as stormy as it feels because really what the circumstance is just triggering what's already inside of them. And if you yes. can push past that discomfort and that immediate um, desire for reassurance and to go back to the shoreline, but if you can push past that and emerge into your destiny, you clear out those triggers and now you can sail with the Lord. Now there's a place of abiding and resting because you have gone through the sanctification. You've allowed the dross to come up and he's been able to scoop out those issues and those roots. And now it's worth it. So we have to have vision when you're in that trial, when you're in that transition, if you maintain vision and you say, Jesus, you are doing this for my good and not my harm. So as things surface, help me stay the course, help me not deviate to the right or to the left. Give me a supernatural grace to stay the course. And like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, that after that trial, then revival broke out in a very pagan land that you as our listener, our friend, a part of our community. We want to link arms with you. We want to bless you and call you forward to submit to the process of God, allow the transition to bring up the dross, but don't back down, keep going. And if you fall, it's okay. Because even if you fall 49 times in a day, he will scoop you back up. You link arms with healthy community who are going to cheer you on. You get connected with people like Dr. E who can help you find your purpose and prosperity and influence And you're going to get linked up with the resources you need so that you don't have to stay in the lobby, but you can emerge into those high places with Heinz feet that you can go from mountaintop to mountaintop and now actually have a seat at the table of culture to influence and help shape the next generation. Oh, yes. Amen. That was amazing. And, you know, just to add into that, mm-hmm. I think the last thing that I, I was kind of feeling that, you know, really, I just kind of felt in the spirit was that um, that that we bind the spirit of vacillation. Mm-hmm. Um, we understand that uh, and James says that a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. And, and so what we don't realize is that all means all. And so if I'm sta- unstable financially, I'm going to be sta- unstable relationally. And yeah. if I'm unstable spiritually, then I'm going to be unstable emotionally. And so uh, we arrest that atmosphere of anxiety that causes us to second guess ourselves and vacillate back and forth and not know if something is a good thing. Uh, and we call discernment and, and, and we did de- we deny and we dismantle every dysfunction yeah. that's distorting our discernment. I can see clearly, I can hear clearly. I don't have to yeah. second guess myself. That's I understand it. that if God be for me, no one can be against me and he's not gonna launch me and leave me. He's going to always stay with me. And so yeah. I can be stable. And so we secure ourselves in the stability of the spirit. Yeah. That's so good. Dr. E, will you wrap up today by just blessing and proclaiming life and identity and courage into our audience? Absolutely. So Father, now we thank you for having an identity in you. We thank you that even though it does not appear what we may be, even though we are in a place where we're transitioning and we don't look like who we've been, we understand that we know that we will be like you. And we understand that in the in, in you is the fullness of joy. We thank you that we can have peace because the peace of the Lord is going to surpass all of our understanding. We, we thank you, oh God, that you are giving us the oil of joy and you're giving us the beauty of holiness. We thank you, oh God, uh, that our steps are ordered 
order. We thank you that the eyes of our understanding are enlightened. We thank you that you give us confidence. We thank you that you give us purpose. We understand that many are the plans of man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that shall prevail. And so we call forth our purpose. We understand that we can thank you because you give us the ability to always triumph. And so we thank you for inherent victory. We thank you that our purpose shall prevail and we seal it in Jesus name. In Jesus name. Amen. Thank you so much for your time. And we will put links below so you can connect with Dr. E and her leadership courses. I know she's launching some new opportunities and some pivots. Um, So this will be an exciting time to link arms with her so that you can be prepared. You can lean, mean fighting machine for your next (laughs) season of upgrade. We love you guys. And we'll see you for the next episode. Bye. Hey friends, thanks for listening. We would love for you to get plugged in with the Unlock You community. So follow the links below and stay up to date with upcoming content, events, and groups. We are here to invest in you and tailor episodes around your interests. Post comments, and hey, if there are any specific topics you'd like to hear about, let us know so we can strategically build content that is meaningful to you. And will you share this podcast so we can invest into more amazing people? Be sure to hit subscribe so we can see you for the next episode.